I'm Trula. I work in insurance. Been in the corporate world since I was about 26, 25, 26, so about five years now. I'm Lee with Supportive Guide. Today, we are talking about toxicity in the workplace. I'm going to hand it over to you to Trula to start the conversation. So, um, for those who may not know, Lee and I are friends outside of this, obviously. <laughs> Um, so we're probably going to be a little bit more candid with each other than we norm than normal. But um, Lee's kind of been with me through two toxic workplaces, I think, at this point, because one of them was during the pandemic. Um, I worked um, for background. A lot of my background happens to be in medical because I was raised around medical. My mother is a full time phlebotomist with her job. And so working in medical becomes easy for me. So I was a security officer um, as one of my first jobs out of college, then um, started working for another hospital company doing contracts. And the reason that that job turned so toxic was a lot of um, micromanagement with managers. Um, When I started putting up the work boundaries of, oh, I'm only going to work in my designated hours of eight to five, it kind of got a lot of pushback from upper management that, well, she was putting up these stellar numbers and now her numbers are not nearly the same. And it's like, well, I'm not going to work myself to death to for a job that's going to replace me in two weeks after I'm gone. You is know? it a salary position at that? Yeah, it was a salary position too. But they don't pay you more than those hours anyway. Oh no, they don't. They don't. And that's the other thing is that I don't like salaried positions that are exempt from overtime because that's just, you run into that item of like, they they say they care, but they don't care at the same time. So it's strange to have that where it was. And honestly, it wasn't even good pay. I was making 10 grand more than the job that I had previously been in before that. And I was still, like, struggling to make ends meet as far as it all went. Like, yeah, I was able to move into the two-bedroom apartment and everything, but it was, like, really difficult to, like, make ends meet. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to afford having Catherine living with me full-time where she might actually pop in eventually because she knows her favorite people, and so she might come join us for a minute. But, I'm going to um, pause you and explain who Catherine is because people may not realize if it's a person or something sure, else. <laughs> sure. So Catherine is my absolutely adorable um, uh, muted tortie. She's 11 years old now. Gosh, she's old. Um, and she's been living full time with me for three years, but she knows all of her favorite like aunts and uncles who she's seen on video and FaceTime. So like we may get a little furry visitor here in a little bit. Um, people don't know what a tortie is. That's a cat. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's not even a breed, though. Some people get that confused. It's not a breed. It is just her coat coloring. That's the only thing. But um, but anyways, like, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to afford moving her up here with me. And not that she's expensive, but, like, it's expensive to have cats in Nashville for anyone who doesn't know that. Like, Nashville's probably on par with being with California on the price of things. So it's it's bad. And. And I just lucked into a place where I didn't have to pay pet rent and stuff like that. But um, left that job in 21, if I'm I'm remembering this all correctly, because it's all jumbled. So we were in pandemic for a year with that, left in March of 21 from there, and then unfortunately landed in another toxic job that thankfully I was only at nine months. Um, 
this was a place where there was no HR department. How does that even work? Do they I outsource it? No, they do. Um, all of their recruiting is done through recruiting offices. Um, shout out to my very fabulous recruiter, Ashley Wilkinson at Vaco, because she has been the best person in the world for this. Like I can send her a resume. I send a bunch of people to her that live in Nashville to like get placed and everything. But um, she got me in here. She was like, you know, I told her, I was like, I was not sure about the Glassdoor reviews. They were awful. Um, basically, they were paying employees to a degree or encouraging employees with, you know, payments essentially to put good reviews on the Glassdoor website. And um, so we had like the six month honeymoon period where I was like the only in office um, contracting person. And then um, they hired two more people to come in and then a third and it went downhill in July. I literally ended up dropping like 20 pounds in weight because of the amount of anxiety I was having. I was not wanting to go into work every day. Um, the woman who was supposed to be our manager ended up being our teaching manager. And then the person that was over the office became our main manager she would tell me I was doing things wrong. I'd ask her for feedback and she'd say, oh, talk to your other manager about that. She'll give you feedback. So you were just being run around. Yes. Constant and, there, and no HR department to go to. No HR department to go to. And um, she, the other issue that I kind of had with it is that, you know, when companies acquire other companies usually the c-suite does not stay around for very long they stay around long enough to get all the information from them and then it's like see you next tuesday you know get out of here um that was the that was not the case here so the woman that was my manager was also the previous owner of the company we were working uh, that i was working for and they had been acquired by a parent company and said parent company also did not have HR. How big was this parent company? Because smaller companies, it could just be they're they're not big enough for an HR in some ways. But a parent company? Like, the parent company is not that big either. I would say there was probably like 20 employees total, which, you know, on some level makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, what are you supposed to do when you're essentially being bullied by the person and you have nowhere to go to at that point. So messaged Ashley in October was like, hey, I need out of this situation. <coughs> Got the water on standby. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. I forgot to grab a drink for myself because I had a vet call. Pascal's at the vet today. Which I'll cut out all that part. <coughs> I don't know why I got to tickle all of a sudden. But hey. At least I have my water. Anyways. So. Messaged Ashley. October 21. Was like. Hey. I need to get out of here. And sorry if I sound emotional. It's just because I. You know. Cough. Um, so told Ashley I need to get out of there. She was like. I was actually going to call you about this. Because the guy who had left that I was filling his spot, they had caught up because he had moved and gotten in a different position somewhere else. 
And he told her everything. So when I told her everything, she was like, this is lining up with exactly what he's telling me. Like, we have to get you out of here. Like, she was, she was very vehement. Like, we're getting you out of here. So went through and probably, I don't think I interviewed at all in November. December hit. I interviewed like the first week of December with my current company, who I absolutely love, the team that I'm working on. And um, a week later, got the offer, had to put in my two weeks notice and essentially went to the holiday party as if nothing was happening, <laughs> turned in my computer during an ice storm at the beginning of January of 22 and now we're two years in where I am now and it's like god I forgot what good management's like (laughs) (laughs) it's refreshing but when you've gone through so all that survival of just trying to survive to the next and go through the next and go through the next it's a breath of fresh air when you get some good management in place Yeah, survival mode was definitely on for two years. It wasn't as bad at the first job. At least there I could, you know, deal with it. There was a level of which I could ignore it. But when you're in the office five days a week and you're having to get up every morning and you're having to go into the office, you can't ignore it. And that's just the thing. It's like, it's not that I wasn't eating. I was eating all the time and snacking as much as possible. I still dropped 20 pounds. I still joke 10 of it was healthy because I was going to yoga full time at the time. But still, like, it wasn't that helpful. And it just stress levels through the roof. I mean, I still say this. Damn, I looked good from all the weight loss, but that was not healthy. And I know that. And I realize that now going forward, it's like, I'm definitely more deeper in the culture of like the place and knowing what questions to ask of like, hey, like you're, you know, my recruiter said, hey, y'all are really working on this. Tell me what steps you've taken to improve the culture in the company. Because what we're doing now at my current job, um, we just got done doing our second round of what is called the culture index. And essentially what this does is it kind of plots you on a graph line and there's like the line that says the norm for people in your position essentially and um it plots you based on how you answer the question of like what do you need to do to do your job and like what are you like outside of work so like the ideas they want are both graphs to be as close as possible so they want our work graph to be as similar to our outside of work graph as possible and learning it is like, like the Enneagram's great. Knowing if you're um, an introvert, extrovert, that's great. This actually tells you like, oh, this person might need to take a few more breaks throughout the day because their battery only lasts for so long. And based on if you're riding that line, if, cause I have like one dot that happens to ride the line and that's just based on what I do, which I work in compliance. So we're kind of always having to flip flop between things. And so it's, it's nice because it's teaching our managers like, oh, Trula has a battery of 22. Anything below 24 is like, they have to take multiple breaks to recharge essentially. And I'm 
solidly a 22. So like I have to have my lunch where I go and I sit and I read for an hour or I do something that's not related to my job for an hour. I have to take my 15 minute breaks and at least walk away from my desk and like scroll TikTok for 15 minutes or something like that. Like I have to have a brain break. Otherwise I get very easily frustrated, which is not shocking at all. <laughs> so it feels like this is not just, it's not a personality test that you're taking as much as this is how I function and this is how I can be most productive. Exactly. And we've started a new culture committee, which I'm uh, serving on from now until February when we have our big all hands meeting. Um, don't know where we're having that yet. I'm going to presume we're having it in Nashville because I don't think they want to pay to fly everyone out somewhere. But um, so we'll be helping with that. And not only that, but like coming up with things that the company can do since we've gotten our new um, head of people. She does not like to be called HR. It is head of people. Um, she has, um, brought in, like, we've been getting puzzles in the break room to sit and put together as, like, a little, like, if you need a brain break in the middle of the day, um, we've been having, we did go-karting last month. Like, she's all about the, like, we can work, but we can have fun at the same time. So, can we address that really quickly? Because I know I've made, I've made videos about, yeah. uh, company <laughs> culture, and I think there's... There's both, it can be great if you're doing group activities. Yeah. And it can also be horrible if you're doing group activities because it can be mandated and might not be people's interest. So why does this work? It's not mandated. We're not required to go. We're not required to participate. There's no requirement to be there. Um, it's, they take suggestions based on what people tell them. Like I've told um, one of our admins was like, they like to get us like food trucks during the summer. I was like, hey, let's have a sweets truck. And they're like, do you have recommendations of one? I was like, yeah, my favorite snow cone place, Retro Snow. So we've had Retro Snow over the summer. Like, you know, we have a lot of perks with my job. Like, I swear that. I'm like, I feel spoiled. I do. I feel extremely spoiled. But that's just based on like my history with previous jobs. It feels different because it is different. Like I said, so it's, it's not, not just a show. It's actually full follow through. Like these kind of events people want to show up to. Not yeah. that it's we're forced to show up to them. We want we to interact with huge, each other. Yeah, we had a huge turnout for the goat carting. Um, less so for things that are in office just because we, you know, we're there all day. We don't always want to be there late. So like any if it's after work or like during work, but it's off site tends to get more people but if it's like midday like like I said food truck sweets truck something like that where the company is paying for it and you're not having to pay for it oh yeah we have huge better office attendance at that point like it's 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 good it's really nice like I could go on forever <laughs> <laughs> and then this job is also in person it sounds like so I don't think you mentioned but your first one that was not so great, but you could, you could zone out as at home, right? Yeah, it was, it was after the pandemic. So when, uh, the world shut down on March 17th, St. Patty's day, um, we were told to take our laptops home the very last day. We would be notified when we were coming back into office. Um, that kept getting pushed out like every six months because of COVID. 
and then um, went back in full time to the office with the job after that. And then now, as you can see, I'm work from home three days a week, work in office two days a week. So like I get that perfect like vibe Hybrid. of I can sit and be on chats with like you and everyone else in discord you know just to like work and body double with one another if we want to or i can completely just sit here and have my music playing and have Catherine sitting in my lap while i'm working it's wonderful so it's like it's the best of both worlds so let's let's touch base on body doubling some people don't realize what that is it's like utilizing like you work from home but you actually do work better with engagement at the same time exactly so you can have someone on screen. It doesn't even have to be from your company. And mm -hmm. you can just both be simultaneously working on projects. Exactly. And it can be I, way more productive. Exactly. It's the I love to just have someone that I can like talk to because it's like, otherwise I talk to myself. And as much as I like my own answers, it's not that fun. It's not that fun to just sit and talk to yourself. So it's really nice to have that. It's like, I know one of our friends does the body doubling lives when they're cleaning their place up. And it's like, I will immediately log in and just like throw my phone up onto the side and just continue working just to have that noise. Cause I'm more of a, it's not always interaction. It's just noise. I need something to fill the dead silence. Yeah, I would say it also is kind of like a hidden accountability. Yeah. Like I can keep going because there's something else keeping me at my desk. Exactly. Cause otherwise I'm gonna I'm gonna space out. I'm really bad about that. I have a really bad problem with spacing out. And I recognize that about myself and I'm working on that. But like it's it's hard. I don't want to say working from home is not beneficial because it is. But it's hard sometimes when you've been doing it like like during COVID. That was really difficult for me. I was living by myself. I did not have Catherine living with me at the time up until at least August of that year or October of that year. And so I spent three months at the farm where I had really crappy Internet. I couldn't talk to anyone really unless it was like late at night, which sucked. Um and, you know, no phone signal in the middle of nowhere, no phone signal. So if I wasn't texting someone who had an iPhone, I couldn't talk to anyone. <laughs> so it was it was nice because I had mom there. I had uh, my uncle coming in and out on the daily. I had Catherine. But like going back to Nashville and having no one and being stuck in a one bedroom apartment that had no green spaces that I could go run around in. Everything was basically closed down. It was like, I'm going insane. <laughs> oh, I feel that. Cause I, at that time I was living by myself in a one bedroom apartment. And yes, I had my dog, but it was, there was no interaction. And so there'd be times where I would just go on a drive for my break. Cause I couldn't go anywhere, but yeah. if I could just change the scenery, cause I'm, it's isolating. It it's was kind of fever. It was. And now that we can do it in, as I put it with this job, I can do it electively and decide what days I'm going to be in office. Um, my manager and I have a really good system down where I'm typically in Tuesday, Thursdays. She's in Monday, Wednesdays. And we kind of at least do a Friday each a month. So, like, I think this week is actually my Friday in office. So, like, I'll have three days this week versus two days 
this week, which is fine. I have no issue with that because usually the office is dead on Friday. There may be like one other person sitting over in my section. I can still work and have someone else kind of there in the background making noise, but like it's functional. And also to kind of give y'all a really good heads up of like why my company is so forward thinking. Um, And this is not an insult. I have actually said this to our CEO, to his face, that we are a boomer Gen X created company that has a millennial Gen Z mindset. And it's not meant to be an insult at all. And I told him this up front, but like it's the best way to describe the way we function because no one has an office. The C-suite is on the floor with everyone else. We have standing desks. Everyone has a standing desk. Um, We all, you know, it's very common area and stuff like that. The only time I hate it is during lunch. And that's on the busy days in the office. That's why I don't go in on Wednesdays because Wednesdays happen to be the busiest days. Um, I can't go sit in the break room and read for an hour because there's so many people in there and it's so loud. I can't shut down. Because they're all still talking about work. I'm like, y'all, this is lunch. Stop talking about work. Like, please stop. (laughs) Boundaries, people. Yes. You're on lunch. You don't talk about work on lunch. But, like, you know, I've also managed to, because of that lunch break, finish 38 books this year. (laughs) That's how you're getting it done. It really is. Like, everyone thinks it's crazy. I'm like, that's literally what I've been doing is, like, I just read on my lunch break. I think I've been reading a minimum of 100 pages during lunch. So, that, like, that's almost, like, three pages a minute. So, like, it, it's a big deal. But, like, it's – that's my boundary for myself, too, is, like, I really set that very – I set that very – that expectation very early on when I first started is, like, I don't work outside my work hours. Um I'm not salaried right now, so I do get paid overtime if I have to work outside of my work hours, but I try to make sure that it is something that can be done in the eight-hour workday that I have because um, I am i don't like overtime. I don't like costing my company more money for something that should be able to be done in eight to five, So, um, but it's been offered multiple times. They're like, hey, if you need to work overtime to get something done, please feel free. You were authorized to do so. Like they've told me that. Um, but it's like, they give me the ability to not have to do that at the same time. And for a company to have that, or at least with my team, have that ability to know that I can put something off if I need to work on something else that's more pressing. That's also like a big, huge thing toxicity wise that a lot of people don't understand. Toxicity is not just how your managers treat you. It's also how they allow you to function to get your work done. Yeah. I think I think the biggest skill set that some managers don't have is helping people figure out what to prioritize. And so when you get the pressure of this big project needs to happen, but you have all these other deadlines you always have to follow, and you don't have that skill set to prioritize, and your manager's not helping you. Yeah. It's toxicity without meaning to in a lot of ways. Like it's that pressure. Yeah. And sometimes toxicity comes from having, not having the skill set to support. Yeah. And what to support. But it's and a I've big deal. That. 
like my manager is amazing. Um, she technically just got promoted earlier this year. We did have a little, and you know this because we've talked about it. We um, lost a member of our team last year that was very integral because this person was in between our department boss and us. And we thought we had found a replacement for them. And that ended up turning really, really sour very, very quickly. Um, her personality kind of very much, I don't want to say kind of, it very much clashed with the team. Because we're all very much a um, collaborative group. We're always asking for help from each other. Um, I've even told Megan, I'm like, hey, if you see that there's a project that like needs to be more higher prioritized than what I'm doing it, tell me. Like, I want to know that that's the case because I can't fix it. I can't prioritize it if I don't know that it needs to be a higher priority. If you're not telling me it's a higher priority. So we have that communication where it's like right now I'm working on um, finishing up our name changes for a company we just acquired. And so I've got like 10 on a list and we need to have this done before the first of the year. So she's like, this needs to take priority. And I'm like, okay, no problem. I will set up all the reminders on my calendar. She also encourages me to block my time out on my calendar. If there's a project that needs to be worked on and you need that quiet time to focus, do it and put that you're busy. If they don't, if no one else likes it, that's their own fault. That's they advice I'd give to anybody is, if you have a project coming up and your calendar is full, it's your responsibility to block off that time to get it done. Exactly. And don't feel guilty about it. Sometimes I block off time and move it. Like, because emergencies or other things do come up. Yeah. But I make sure that time is moved appropriately so I can re-block it. I have the, I literally have started just doing it because it also helps me because it's like, oh, like this is my to-do list without writing my to-do list out. Exactly. So like I get that satisfaction of, oh, I've done this. Like I still like to have the check marks and stuff like that. So yeah, I'll still write it off, but like I write it when I schedule it so that I can still have that like. I scratched this off my list feel, but it's still on my calendar and people can't just randomly send me a meeting invite for like one o'clock or whatever to do something. Like I have to, I have this time section blocked off for my lunch. And so they like, people can't bother me because I'm on my lunch. Right. And I would say like in a company, it may be that you have things fully viewable by certain people, but not others. So like my yeah. manager would be like, okay, I see your lunch is here, but you may be able to push it back. I have a meeting. I'd want you in, but it kind of cuts in a little bit of your time yeah. and that be moved. But that's an open conversation versus, and that is a person who could see it versus some random person in the company who can maybe my equal or someone else outside the company who wants to meet with me. They don't get to see that time. Yeah. They'll see what, it as I'm like, doing this that is booked. Mm-hmm. But they won't be able to do anything. And it's like, I also love my manager because I mentioned to her today, I was like, hey, I really need to work on this project. Do you need me in this meeting today? And it was for a tech that we're looking at potentially getting. She's like, do you feel that you need to be there? Do you feel that our first meeting with them was enough for you? And I said, they answered all the questions that I could think of. This is more of, we need to know what they can do on another side of the company for us. So I'm like, I don't think my input at this time would be helpful. And so she was like, that's fine. Don't even log into the meeting. Just go do what you got to do. So I was able to start working on our contracting system rules today 
like a little bit more getting that fleshed out because again I have management that is understanding and it is so weird to have and I'm two years in. figure you could ask am I actually required to be at this meeting like do you want me to get this priority done first maybe or yeah. go to this meeting yeah like straight up, like I literally, I say this all the time. I tell my boss, I tell, I tell them all. And like I said earlier this year, we went through that little bit of a scruffle with um, the person that had been brought in. They came in right when we introduced the um, culture index. So not only do we have to take it in company, if you are applying for any position within the company, you have to do this. So they get to see this beforehand. The manager that's hiring, that's looking to hire the person gets to see this and see and compare their charts to the rest of the teams to see if they are going to gel well. And if we had had this, literally one of my bosses said, if we had had this when we hired her, she would not have been hired. Based on the culture index alone. So. What, what does that does that change your perception of putting it on new hires then? Because you like your boss and you work well with your boss, right? Yeah. I I think it's different in the essence of like seeing our charts after all this like shows why we all work well together. So like I don't think I would have been worried about getting the job based on that, just because. I'm the same, I, I'm a little bit more guarded at work, but I am the same person at home that I am at work. It's just lower level of what Trula is outside of work, which for anyone who doesn't know me and is watching this, it's a lot. <laughs> I am a lot. I know I am not everyone's cup of whiskey. I know this, like I know, but like I am a lot and I recognize that about myself. So like I do tone it down at work. But, like, even our head of people, she looked at my new chart. She was like, this, this is what I wanted to see. Like, your chart in comparison to when you did it to now. And she was like, think about what was going on when you first filled this out. And I was like, I looked at one of, or the other person that's in our HR department. And she just looked at me. She's like, I know exactly what was going on. Like, your chart moving that much was a huge deal. Like, it was bad. I did not consider quitting because the rest of my team was still fabulous. My manager, the person who is now my manager, was doing a lot of boundary creating for me that I was not aware of at the time until after everything had happened. And it was wonderful. I'm very grateful for my manager. I'm grateful for my whole team because, like... I feel like I emotionally took the biggest hit because, to clarify, I am a compliance coordinator. I am not an administrator. So I'm not an admin assistant. I have my own list of duties that have nothing to do with administration. Yes, I sometimes schedule meetings for us because it's easier because I have all of our calendars, like, preloaded into my team, my Outlook. I can pull them up in five seconds. I can get the meeting scheduled. But... I don't do administrative duties. So, like, I'm not, you know, keeping track of everyone's schedule. I'm only required to keep track of my schedule. I, like I said, have my own duties. I'm required to do our taxes 
every couple weeks for um, policies that we have for Texas and Florida. I'm required to do our contracting stuff, which is my whole entire world. And this person thought that that's what I was, that I was an admin assistant. And I'm like, nope, that's not my job. And you've been told that seven times. That is not my job. <laughs> and it just wouldn't click for her, unfortunately. So that that sounds like bad boundaries in itself, not respecting that. And yeah. I would say just to, because we're at a good time for this this episode to stop. Yeah, our recap really is in a lot of ways. I feel toxicity can be managed and reduced when you implement boundaries, and boundaries are respected more yes. than anything. Yes. On our next episode, we're talking about workplace boundaries. <laughs>